first things first, we have to make sure that everybody knows how it is that you became a photographer. Why was it that you picked photography in particular out of all of the sort of creative avenues that were available to you? Uh, well, actually, I never really kind of picked photography. Photography kind of picked me. And um, I uh, originally was into graffiti. And um, I... Um, I would do throw-ups and, you know, different pieces around Brooklyn and Queens and the Bronx. I had a little uh, crew that I was a part of that uh, started mostly doing graffiti in, like, you know, my grade school years and kind of made, kind of made, um, followed me through high school. Um, I went to a private school in Brooklyn, uh, in the Flatbush area. And um, I, you know, I was kind of bored there. And, uh, you know, I was very uh, famous for doing uh, different pieces every every weekend in the, in the boys' bathroom. I got these large-scale pieces. And I um, got, uh, got ratted out by another artist uh, who, was wanted, who wanted to do, you know, my place in the bathroom. He got caught trying to go over a piece of mine. And um, pretty much um, my the principal of the school... And the dean, pretty much, uh, they said I had to uh, choose an extracurricular you know, activity in order to, like, stay um, stay in school. Um, right. So um, I just so happened to choose photography. Um, I chose photography randomly. And um, it's just been photography ever since then. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just been since then. So I kind of just chose it at random. Um, I, it wasn't really like I knew I wanted to be a photographer. So my whole plan uh, after grade school was to become a plumber um, and run my own like business uh, as a plumber or, or maybe even an electrician. But um, it was never it was never really uh, photography. What was it that made you stick with it then? If it wasn't something that you picked initially, there must have been something in the lessons that you were doing that kind of that grabbed you. I don't know. I, I guess I had some success with it. You know, um, I, um, I had entered some pieces into a, a local museum up in Harlem called the studio museum. And, um, they, uh, they bought some pieces off of me and it was the success from that, that, um, that kind of gravitated and kept me with it. You know, I enjoyed started taking pictures. The, the camera really became a shield for me. I was very shy growing up. And I guess it was just uh, my filter or my partition between like the out the world and me, you know. Right. It was also a very legal way for me to be artistic. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's talk about obviously growing up in in New York. How much has that been? Um, how much importance has that held to your work? In the sense of obviously, it's an amazing backdrop to uh, to to go and photograph in, and there's there's never a shortage of places to go and photograph. How how vital has New York been to your success as a photographer? Oh man, like New York has has been my major teaching tool, as well as my nourishment, as well as um, you know, even is even played mother and father, you know, different points of my life like new york new york you never really stop learning you know when you're out in new york you know like the, the, the streets of new york there's always something going on like you just said and you know one moment you're in chinatown and there's something going on over there and you walk two blocks up and you're in little italy and there's something else going on over there you know and this is the vast majority of people 
you know, you just never know who you who you're gonna bump into in the streets in New York. You know, I've I've met some of my mentors at coffee shops. I've met uh, plenty of uh, people who I've looked up to in the industry and walking in the street. And New York has just been it's been fantastic. You know, for example, like when I first started off, I was very very um, timid in terms of approaching people. I I, I like portraits, right? I was very attracted to this, um, the photography work of Jamel Shabazz, right? And he right. kind of like the 80s, the 90s, etc. right? And um, Jamel Shabazz's work was, was my intro to portraiture. Um, and I actually ended up meeting him. I actually uh, shared a wall with him at Studio Museum. So I ended up meeting him. And his advice that he gave me was to just, just walk up to anyone, ask them if they wanted to, um, if you could take their picture, if they say no, then you keep pushing. Right. But the the big leap for me was actually talking to, to strangers. Right. Um, cause that, that was foreign to me. You know, you right. know, you grow up working and there's a lot of, uh, you know, what they say, loonies and crazy people walking around New York city. Um, <laughs> Parents always told me to, you know, like be aware of your surroundings, but just going into different neighborhoods um, and just being told to do the, the opposite was a big learning curve for me. And that kind of like broke my um, my shell that kind of like cracked the new beginning to me because the camera was my segue to capturing people's lives. It was my segue to a new world. Um, you have no idea how many people just kind of open up to you when you have a camera around. Some people are kind of reluctant and they don't want to be bothered. You may get a finger or, or, or a couple of shouts or an F you here and there from different, you know, New York. And New Yorkers are New Yorkers. They're colorful people. But every once in a while, you'll get some gold. And um, a lot of my work, uh, a lot of my work ended up being really strong because I was able to make some connections with people. I, I used to take the train up to West 4th Street and go to Washington Square Park. Uh, I did a pre-college program up in um, NYU, Tisch, um, at, at one of their photography um, programs. And I used to just stay hours and hours in Washington Square Park, just observing people and finding interesting characters uh, to photograph. And a lot of the times before I would photograph them, I would go up, you know, before the process for me was first going up to someone asking if I could take their picture. And then, you know, is it asked a no and then the click a few clicks, but then it's kind of graduated into kind of becoming a people person where I would have conversations with some of the subjects I, I, uh, I photographed and really getting to dive into their lives and, you know, the reasons why they're in the predicaments they were in or why they're in the park today or what did they even had for lunch or, you know, some people started even open up and, you know, about their days and stuff they were dealing with with their wives or husbands. And it's just very interesting how much the, just from taking a photograph, you get to dive into people's lives and just really learn and capturing. Uh, it's really captivating. So New York in general, just to bring it back to your, um, your original question, New York in general just provided that atmosphere for me. You know, if, if I was probably in Kansas City, it'd probably be a little bit different. My upbringing would be different. But New York, kind of like several different stages in my life has provided, you know, 
different teaching tools and different platforms for me to develop the skills that I have today. With New York being such a, a characterful city, is it difficult to not fall into having very similar traits to other artists that are coming up in the same background? Because like you said, if you were in Kansas, it would have been different. But as well as letting New York shape you, you also have to steer the ship somewhat yourself so that you stand out from the crowd. Is that, is that quite hard to do? That's actually very hard to do. And that's a skill that has to be developed. In my, when in my journey in photography, you kind of just, you know, I came up in the Instagram age, right? Um, and, uh, the beginning of Instagram age. And that's when a lot of people were, you know, getting to onto the social media platform and wanted to share photographs, et cetera, et cetera, right? But I started to see that if you were to take my photographs, right, and 20 other, let's say, known or unknown photographers who also share their work on that platform, it'd be very hard to distinguish who shot what, right? And right. that turned me off. So I started to, to, to um, I guess I started to develop my own style, right? I guess, I guess I wanted to start to develop my own style, my own style. A lot of Instagram photographers or photographers who, who identify as Instagram photographers and an Instagram photographer is someone who primarily just shares their work through the uh, social media platform, right? Um, they have this very moody, very dramatic, very uh, contrasty work, you know, where the hues, sometimes the darks and the blacks are too black. There's no separation, right? It really comes down to the finer detail and some self-reflection and being able to take some criticism because that's very hard. A lot of artists like to say that they can take criticism, but in, in reality, some of us can, you know, artists were sensitive, you know, um, it took me a very long time to realize that you can be, you know, my artwork, I'm very sensitive about my work. But if you really start to dial back and look into the finer details and the finer lines of your own work, you'll start to find some magic in there and you'll start to develop your own style. And then you just kind of branch away from that. So when I first started off, it would be street photography. So I'm catching, you know, things on the street, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of guys were shooting on the street, right? So then you move on to like cityscape and, you know, the backdrops in New York and you want to photograph like the, the architecture of like the projects or the buildings or, you know, the bridges. But then a lot of guys in New York do that too, right? And have made careers off of it. So right. then it's like, what, what do you have left over, right? And for me, I found that you could never, you, you, when you could take two of the same photographers and photograph a person, right? And the images will always come out different because how you view someone is, is totally different, right? You could take three professional photographers and a model and the images are going to come out different. And that's why I learned that portraiture is where the gold's at, right? Photographing people is, is, is where the goal is at. And it, the way I photograph people, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that, uh, some of the images I have are like standing or anything like that. I mean, I like, I love my work, but I would say it's very different from how a lot of photographers uh, shoot today. And if you was to take some of my work now and, you know, lay it next to other photographers work, it's definitely going to be very different. So hopefully I answered that question. 
yeah, to your point, um, Canon, I think it was Canon Australia a few years ago, ran a bit of an experiment where they got six photographers to photograph a man and they were each, each photographer was told a different story about who the man was. One person was told he was like a self-made millionaire and someone else thought he was a, a recently released convict and so on. And it was quite fascinating to see how they all approached photographing the same guy. So it's definitely true. If I could actually double back on critique because as much as I want to keep learning about you, I'm kind of curious just on your perspective on this. One of the things I think is really wrong at the moment with younger generations, and I'm 32 and I feel probably about 50 years old at the moment, but younger generations seem to be so hell-bent on the idea that anything negative that is said about them or anything that they're doing artistically comes back to the same idea of everyone's jealous of you or everybody's, and I absolutely hate this word, but everybody's a a hater. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think that's quite damaging to to like up and coming artists that they're just unable to accept that they might be doing something that could be critiqued? I think that is extremely damaging because if you can't take first of all, right? Like I so I as as growing up, I kind of grew up learning like instruments and stuff like that. And you kind of gotta get used to criticism, right? I know that this generation, uh, as well, I would say my generation, because <laughs> I'm a little younger than you, but <laughs> my generation, the issue with us is, is that nothing can be wrong, right? And that is a very bad perspective, especially as an artist, right? I mean, of course, art is abstract and it's, it's based off of your perspective and, you know, what you like and dislike and everyone can look at it and view it different ways. But criti- critics, critiques, it's really good for you because at the end of the day, it may, it may lead to a different perspective. It may say, well, you know, you might get like, a, oh, 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 I didn't even look at it this way. You may get some of that, you know? I know, I know, for example, one of my friends, he's a um, very well-known videographer uh, in New York, and he works with some of the biggest artists and celebrities, right? But he can't take criticism. He doesn't like when people say to him that your videos start to look the same, or um, a lot of the work that you're doing is, it's redundant. You know, it's the same location same filters and he really starts you know like when i speak to him about it he calls me a hater you know he's just like, oh you mean you know you just you just hating bro you know and i'm <laughs> no man like you know like what you got is good but maybe you could approach it this way to make it better you know getting right. getting criticism makes you better it makes you grow now all criticism is not positive criticism but you got to take the good and the bad Right. You can't you can't enjoy rain without without the sun. You can't enjoy the sun without the rain. You need both of it. And it all kind of molds you into a better person. So this whole culture where it's like everyone's a hater, it's 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 toxic. It's toxic and it's toxic towards the artists. 100%. I think we're completely on the same page there. You mentioned right around the beginning about being quite introverted and shy um, in in your formative years as you were growing up, but you now photograph lots of entertainers and musicians. Is it it kind of their extrovert nature that's rubbing off on you, do you think, in in that sense? No, I'm still a little bit shy. Uh, If you was to throw me into like a mixer or party, I'd probably be on my phone most of the time unless I'm approached. Um, but if you throw a camera in my hand, um, I'm a different person. You know, the, the camera still acts as my shield. 
but it still acts as my, not as a shield, but more, more so as a gateway to a conversation or a gateway to, um, I guess it's just, again, it's a conversation or, or a door, right? Uh, working, working with celebrities, um, can be difficult. I don't know if I'm answering this question right, right? But um, working with celebrities can be difficult because they're outgoing, they're, you know, they're flamboyant, et cetera, right? But I guess with the camera in my hand, it kind of like helps me like, I don't know, mold the situation or take control of the situation or, 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 um, not control. That's not the word I'm looking for, but, but, um, do you feel more defined as, as a person because you have the camera, you feel like you have a a definition within the context of what you're doing. So you're the photographer in that situation. So you have more of a purpose. I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because, uh, the camera kind of gives me some form of purpose as well as it kind of has like respect, right? Cause everyone wants their image. Everyone loves their image and they want their image to be portrayed in a certain light. Right. So I guess for me, uh, with the camera in hand, it kind of gives me some form of like, not hierarchy, but it could kind of give me some form of purpose and a way of, uh, a segue of uh, way into people's lives. One thing I do want to ask you about, because I have no experience whatsoever with it, is um, photographing for like cover art for musicians. Do you approach that differently? Because I think in some cases there would obviously be aspect ratio differences, but do you approach that differently than like just a normal standard piece of work? And also how much creative freedom do you have doing that? I always ask for 100% creative freedom or else I cannot do it. I am not, I cannot work under micromanagement. I, and I always ask for 100% creative freedom, right? Uh, my approach is always different. Um, I always ask, like, for example, when I, uh, if I'm photographing like a, a cover art for, let's say I, if I get a gig and I just so happen to photograph a cover art for a jazz band, right? I would want to listen to the work right? Or the album or pieces off the album if it's not complete, right? Before I pitch an idea, right? The music kind of inspires me. And um, based off the music or based off the mood or the, the sonic, you know, sonically what I'm getting from the album, I'll come up with an idea. I'll come up with several different drafts of an idea and I'll pitch it towards the artist and they'll say, hey, I'm really getting this or, you know, I'm, I'm not really feeling this, but I like this idea. And we just kind of like roll off of it. But I always ask for a lot of creative freedom. Um, and I kind of like to leave it up for some form of collaboration. I don't want to take full control, right? But I do like uh, a lot of creative freedom. With the respect of having that creative freedom with sort of commercial work, how do you differentiate what you would consider commercial from your own personal work? Um, can you repeat that one time? Well, if you've got this creative freedom with your commercial work, what's the difference between the commercial work and then your own personal work? The pressure uh, from the commercial work. Right. Like to deliver right? You have to, you have to deliver. They're expecting something. There's X amount of budget on this. There's, you know, there's a whole team and everyone is expecting 100% delivery and they're expecting results, right? Now, when it comes to my personal work, yeah, they may, let's say I'm working alone or whether I'm working with a team or not, there's not really much 
pressure of you have to deliver. I mean, I can have my own personal pressure on wanting to complete the project or have a, 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 a specific image or reach or, or attain a certain goal. But uh, even if I have some form of uh, uh, creative freedom on a commercial gig, there's always that producer who's like, you know, we need the photographs by X amount of day, you know, well, we need the photographs, you know, this way or, or, or the highlights uh, in her in her such and such eyes are too are too uh, bright. Can you bring that down a little bit because it's not going to fit the mood? So even though I get the creative freedom to like draft like mood boards and stuff like that, and they you know they run with it, uh, working on my own personal projects, I could take you know my time with that. You know, I'm actually working on my uh, personal project right now, a book, and I've been taking you know five years to to, to work on this book. People say why why so long. Well, you know, why not? You know, um, I personally feel that, you know, if I'm working on a project and I have, uh, I have all the time in the world, you know, um, and I just feel like when it's, when I'm working on my work, I release it when I want to release it. And, um, I just have full control over that. With portraiture, one thing that I think you do excellently and is something that is a really hard skill, I think, for people to develop is the ability to look outside of standard portrait compositions to look for small details within photographing a person and it might not always be just the standard go-to like three-quarter length or half body shot or head shot um, how do you learn to look for compositions outside of what's sort of expected and what's standard with portrait photography um that's just something that you have to practice with um yeah i mean like some some portrait photographers really really mastered like you said like the, the close-up you know the three quarters etc right um but it takes time to develop your eye. You have to shoot a lot. And if you don't have the ability to photograph a lot, then you need to watch movies. Like movies and uh, were a great way for me to learn different forms of composition. Um, one of my favorite movies that honestly were eye-opening me or eye-opening to me and kind of like influenced my composition work and uh, you know just influenced my work in general was Baraka, right? By, uh, I think it's Ron Frick. He's, that's the cinematographer on there. Uh, Baraka Samsara, that was another one he did. Um, and then the, there's this, uh, there's another photographer um, by the name, they call him, they nickname him Chiba. His work is really good as well. I think like Children of Men, he did, a, he did that movie. But just, just in general, like a lot of practice and uh, exposure to uh, some of the masters. You know, you have, you have to study. Um, you have to be 100% uh, dedicated to your craft. For me, I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of like asymmetrical, and I kind of like leading lines, and I, I, I love that stuff. Like that stuff is cool. Seeing a square within the square, and then you know, there's, there's, there's an M, and that's in the square. Like, stuff like that, like, really gets my gears going when I, you know, when it comes to like photographing, and that all comes from just practice and some of, you know, inspiration for some of the grandmasters out there. With, I mean, you've mentioned movies. Is watching movies your way of kind of freshening yourself up creatively because some people don't really know how to take a break from whatever medium they work within so like photographers there are photographers that will just never ever move away from photography to kind of change their perspective and they almost ended up they almost end up kind of incestuously cycling through photography whereas sometimes it's great to pull in influences from the outside like you've mentioned movies is that your go-to when it comes to kind of seeking new inspiration that's 100% my go-to Right. There are times where so there are times where I would 
carry my camera for months at end. And there are times where I just have to leave it home, right? Uh, and not carry it around because I, I don't want to overshoot, right? Which is weird because you need to practice a lot, right? But there are just times where just like, I'm not carrying my camera around. I'm not taking any photographs. For this whole weekend, I'm literally just going to watch movies. Like currently I'm in LA. I did, I got, I got contracted for some work out here, right? And normally I would go around to like either Skid Row or different like neighborhoods, Compton, right? And I'll just photograph, right? But I've just been watching nonstop movies, some movies that I, I would, you know, love to see. Like I watched Parasite recently. That was great. I mean, like besides the writing and all, just the cinematography of it, it's fantastic, you know? Um, like movies is definitely a great segue in order to refreshing your brain and refreshing your craft. You know, reading is also a great segue. I love listening listening to music. Music can sometimes inspire me. The album covers inspire me, um, especially from like vinyl records. Like some of the older vinyl records and the album artwork on there is great, grand stuff. It's fantastic. But yeah, but just to answer your question, movies movies are great. That's that's definitely my segue. Uh, I've seen on your website, uh, I believe it was, that your work is kind of described as raw and organic. And I think it's also very, very punchy and vibrant. If you were to take your whole body of work that you, you currently have on, say, your website, what do you feel like your identity is as a photographer? How would you define generally the work that you do? Oh, man. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know if I even would define it. You know, I don't know if I would. I don't know if that's a cliche answer. But I don't I don't know if I would try to define it, you know, um, I know I, I um I personally like focus in on um, a lot of like black and brown skin tones. Um, I know that's like that's like something I really do. Um, and the reason for that, and that kind of defines my work also. And the reason for that is because just in the industry that I work in, there's not enough of it. Right. There's not enough of it. And um, it just needs to be, I, I just feel like it needs to be photographed in a certain way. And the story needs to be told differently, you know? So I don't, I don't know if my work is defined. I don't know how I would personally define it. I do know that I sometimes make a conscious decision to focus on a specific ethnic, ethical group um, of people. Um, that's not, that's, I'm not totally um, married to that. That is a choice that, that I have decided to make as as an artist. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if I would define my work, uh, to be honest with you, or how I would define it. It's a very good question. It's a frustrating one, right? Because it's a it's a broad question, and I think probably the hardest thing for people um, who are very committed to any kind of art form is that sort of self analysis. Because you either go down the route of being incredibly self critical or self-loving and, and there doesn't seem to be many people that can fall into the middle on that note what would you say is your biggest weakness as a photographer my biggest weakness as a photographer like technically or just in general whatever jumps out to you to be honest it's kind of an open question sometimes i can get stuck in my ways you know sometimes uh, i get comfortable in in knowing what i'm good at photography uh, photographing um so I guess I guess one of my weaknesses is uh, getting used to being comfortable, right? I always say you should be uncomfortable as an artist, which is a contradictory because I like to stick to situations that I know I'm really good at. Um, but I guess one of my weaknesses as of recently is not placing myself in uncomfortable positions, 
Um, and the reason why I would say that is because when you're in an uncomfortable or challenging situation, right, you kind of grow, you know, you know, so I, I could honestly say that as of recently, I haven't really, uh, I don't feel like I've grown much as of recently in the last few months, you know. I like to measure my success. I like to measure and see like my, my growth and stuff like that. I know technically there's some, you know, there's a lot of great, uh, a lot of brilliant photographers out there, especially when it comes to lighting, you know, I'm still, I'm still trying to learn lighting. Right. Um, and I can say that's a weakness as well. is really learning and mastering lighting. I don't think you can ever really master lighting. I think you, you'll never stop learning, even if you become a, considered a grandmaster of what your craft. But I think I guess those would be the two things like um, just getting getting too comfortable with what I what I know I'm good at and uh, lighting. When it comes to okay, so let's let's run down the scenario here a little bit. So you're you're out doing a portrait shoot. When it comes to putting together the shoot, when it comes to actually you know what triggers you to push the button and then eventually leads you to select that photo, what's the most important elements? to you photographically is it expression is it the styling you know is it technical stuff like the sharpness and composition what's the to you what's the most important thing that will kind of trump anything else i don't know if this is a thing but like the essence of a photograph right like of course the technical side of the photograph is always 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 like king right you know like everything has to line up on you know the rule of thirds and you know everything has to be like composed right the photograph has to be balanced correctly you know everything has the colors have to you know they can't be clashing with each other right but in general it's the essence of the photograph like capturing someone in a light that they think that they or they thought they never would be captured in you know uh, for me, it's it's the essence of it, you know, just capturing that one moment. I'll shoot for hours and I'll pick five photographs out of like a thousand photographs based off of the mood the photographs gives me. Right. If it gives off of, of, of a form of. If it catches my eye and it gives me this mood or, or, or I get some emotional feeling to it, then that photograph has a good essence to me. Um, of course, I love like, you know, of course, like I said, like technically the photograph needs to be framed, balanced. The colors need to be on point. Even if you're shooting black and gray, the colors still need to be on point. Like the hues of gray need to be toned. They can't be too black. You know, you need to be able to see the details in the black. Um, but it all comes down to the essence of the photograph for me. Uh, another frustratingly broad question and probably one that you've not thought about too much, but considering where you are right now with your photography, and I'm talking about not uh, in terms of success in a professional sense, but the actual work that you're producing, how far have you deviated from where you thought you would be at this point as a photographer? Like, uh, are you on, are you on the same path that you thought you would be or, or has your work changed quite significantly? No, I, I, I didn't think I would be where I'm at right now. You know, I actually expect my work to take another uh, change, you know, change in its course. Right. Um, I feel like it should change in its course. Um, I'm definitely not on the original path and I'm definitely didn't think I was. I thought I was going to be an architectural photographer at one point because I was really getting into like cityscape and landscape. Uh, you know, I was, I was really enjoying that stuff. I'll go out to Long Island and I, this work I've ne- I haven't released yet, you know, that I've worked on for years. 
And I just thought I was going to be, you know, an architectural photographer, you know, someone who photographs landscapes and, you know, abandoned buildings and stuff like that. There was one point when I just mainly focused on that for two years, right? But here I am doing portraits, you know? So I, I don't, I don't, you know, I am, I actually didn't expect myself to be where I am now. And I don't expect myself to be where I am now, two or three years from now. Let's talk about portraits. One thing that I'm quite fascinated by, and I think it's not a common discussion between portrait photographers, is directorial style. So for myself, I'm someone that I kind of like to spend the early portion of a time I'm spending photographing someone not with the camera. I kind of want to get to know a little bit about them. And I'm generally looking for a button to push that I can draw certain reactions out with. What's your directorial style? Are you someone that kind of lets them be themselves and you slowly build up to what you want? Are you quite strict with the way you position them? What's your go-to with directing people? Comfortability is everything for me. That's actually something that I tell everybody who I photograph. Like, if you're not comfortable, like, for example, like, if someone asks me to pose them, I'll, I'll, I'll give a suggestion, right? But for the most part, I like, I like my subjects to be comfortable. I want them to be in the most natural form or natural pose or natural phase they can ever be in, you know? Um, I don't like to heavily direct because I feel like over, there is such thing as over-directing. But you kind of got to be in the middle. It's in the sweet spot, you know. Um, but um, can, can you repeat your question just to make sure I'm answering it um, correctly? You've pretty much nailed it. I mean, how did that develop though? How did you develop your directorial style? Is it just you shot, you saw what worked and what didn't and you adapted from there? Or did you actually watch other people work and see what was working for them? I watched other people work. One of the, uh, one of my, uh, utmost, and I, I put him in like my top five photographers ever is Joey Lawrence, right? And Joey Lawrence is a commercial photographer. Um, but his, his, it's his passion projects that really build me in for him, um, to him, right? And I think he's pretty fairly young. He's Canadian. Um, I think he still lives in Brooklyn, but, um, his work, his approach towards his work is phenomenal, right? Like if he's, let's say he's photographing a group and a group of people in Indian, like holy men in India, right? Um, or near the Ganges River or something like that. He will spend a week with those people without a camera, right? Eating their food, learning their culture, their customs, you know, getting to know family members, you know, uh, visiting them every day you know, uh, helping out in the village, doing things that make him look silly or uncomfortable, you know, um, just opening himself up. It's, it's, it's the people connection, right? And that's what I learned. Uh, I really learned that, oh, you really can't over-direct or you can't, you know, like to gain access to the, the to people and, and to their true selves, you have to really be a person first. You have to connect with them. And I learned that through Joey, right? And just watching his work and watching his documentaries and, you know, his personal work is phenomenal. Um, I would definitely say Joey's a grandmaster of that if no one has uh, ever given him that title yet, right? Because he's still young. But his work is phenomenal and I learned all of that from Joey. I credit all that to him. We've reached past 100 episodes of the podcast and, and every time I get a portrait photographer on, I ask them the same question and, and for the 100 odd episodes that we've been doing it, I'm still yet to get an answer to this question. So 
you might be the the one that breaks that. Um, and we we have a breakthrough here. Something I'm always fascinated by with portrait photographers is their ideal subject, the person that they would most like to photograph given the opportunity. So if you could have the opportunity to photograph anybody in the world, it could be alive or dead, whatever you want, who would you pick to photograph? Would I pick to photograph? Um, who would I pick to photograph? Anybody, anybody in the world. It, it just has to be one person. You get one shot of this. One shot. Um, if I could, if the, does, the, does the time, does it have to be currently living now or it could be any time frame? Any time frame you want. Any time frame I want. Oh, maybe Gandhi. I think he has a very interesting face. Um, I think he's a very, very interesting face. And I would love to do some black and white portraits with Gandhi. There you go. You broke the duck. Everybody else panics and says they don't want to answer it. So I feel pretty relieved, actually, that 103 episodes in, someone's finally got an answer, which I find I find it fascinating when people don't have any idea at all, because um, I've certainly made like lists of people that I would love to photograph. So it's it's an interesting thing. What's actually interesting about that is that you've got such an influential figure, but you're focused quite, quite intently on the actual physical appearance, which is which is really interesting. I think that's really cool. I don't know. I mean, like Gandhi has a very like geometrically good, like, you know, interesting face, you know, the wrinkles and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, he came to mind. The other person who came to my, my mind was Nelson Mandela. You know, I would love to spend some time with Mandela. And, and if it wasn't going to be Mandela, it would have been Bob Marley. Definitely Bob Marley. You, you got a whole list now at this point. It's great. I had a whole list. I actually had a list. And gen- I have a list of like people who I would have loved to photograph. And then I have a list of people currently living. I have like a list of a hundred people that I plan to photograph before I die. And I'm, I'm hoping I get to complete it. Uh, but uh, yeah, that question wasn't too hard. Only I just, just narrowing it down to one person uh, was just a little difficult. Yeah. I, I didn't ever think it would be a question that would be, I thought it was a bit of a softball question when I first started putting it in. And I sort of just noticed a concurrent run of people that just didn't want to answer it or didn't have an answer. So it's, it's, it's quite interesting. Let's sort of, let's head towards the end here. Cause obviously you've got better things to be doing than listening to me. Cinematography versus photography, you know, which one do you think is easier to express yourself? Because obviously with moving pictures, it's much easier because you have multiple frames per second, but the, the power of a still image and the way that that can be displayed is obviously vastly different. Which, which do you think is more easy to express yourself through? To be honest, I don't think either of them are easy to express themselves with, right? I think that cinematography and photography are one of the same thing, but just on the different spectrums. Um, because I also do video work as well. I had opportunities to, to study cinematography. Um, but I, I, of course I'm biased. I would, if I was to, just to answer the question, I would say photography, but they both are kind of like along the same spectrum. This is the same thing to me. It's just it's on the opposite spectrum. Like they're, they're, they're the same thing, right? Of, of course, you know, mastering just taking one photograph or one image and you know, like that, they're, they're all the same. It's both the same to me. I, you know, they're both the same to me. Um, it's just, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I think, I, I, of course, I would, you know, say photography, but I, I just think um, they're one of the same thing. As you've had experience in both, which would you say you prefer? What do I prefer? Definitely photography, only because photography to me is a little bit more rewarding to me, you know, especially when you can like 
bring a, a vision to life. For me, photography is more rewarding. I, I'm quite, I'm quite fascinated by that. That's, um, did you find that one sort of feeds into the other in terms of, obviously you've mentioned inspiration previously, taking inspiration from cinematography and bringing it over to photography, but do you feel like if you develop your skills as a photographer, that's going to help you greatly when it comes to cinematography and vice versa? 100%. 100%. Some of the best photographers are cinematographers. You know, like, uh, like uh, I would say, uh, the Bradford Young, I think he, 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 he's not a photographer. He, he's more of a cinematographer, but he's done photography work. Andrew Dosamu, uh, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a director, right? Uh, cinematographer and a, um, uh, a photographer, right? But I think they, they feed into one another, right? Um, if I mean, like, there are other aspects to film work, right? To motion work that you would have to, like, translate over. Um, but they're kind of like Spanish and English. You know, Spanish and English kind of like similar, but they both have the same, same Latin roots, you know, um, they kind of stem from the same, the same place. Right. So it's just, it's just learning the duality of both and being able to translate, you know, uh, find the translations between the thin lines. And one last question, if you could kind of go back and give yourself some advice or at least one piece of advice to to help you progress further than where you are now or to help you get through a difficult time you've had previously, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give yourself in the past? Enjoy the moments uh, or everything. Just enjoy everything. Um, don't be too hard on yourself and just enjoy everything because there are moments where uh, there were milestones that I hit, you know, in my, uh, in my artistic journey and I didn't really enjoy it as much because I was very hard on myself for not being where I quote unquote was supposed to be. You know, like sometimes when you get on the camera, right. Um, there were a lot of times where before I even got to be on like certain sets as the photographer, I had to be the PA or I had to be the assistant or do some DIT work or et cetera, et cetera. Even, even getting to DIT, right. Was, um, was a, was a journey, right? With PA to, to, uh, to the uh, assistant camera, et cetera. But you got to enjoy the, the process. Um, and enjoying that process helps you remember and recall like everything. There are times where like I'm sitting down with my girlfriend and she'll mention things that I've done that I didn't, I couldn't even recall. And I'd be like, I did do that. I, you know, and that was, that was a fantastic, uh, you know, milestone that I reached. So I would tell my younger self to, to just not be too hard on himself. You know, just take his time with it and make some, make tons of mistakes. You know, make more, mis- you know, try new things and make more, more mistakes than, you know, wins. Try to make mistakes because you learn from mistakes. Um, there are lessons, you know, and, and you grow from that. And the more mistakes you make and the more you enjoy that, the more you'll grow. So the whole reason I started the podcast was to create a platform to push out work that I personally really enjoy, um, that inspires me. And the the most important part of the podcast is that we tell everybody where they can go to find your work. So how can everyone find you, Instagram, website, and so on? Uh, of course, everyone goes Instagram first, but I'm going to do my website. You can find my work at senfloydproductions.com. That's S-E-N, Floyd. 
productions.com. All my work is up there. Um, and then you can find most of the majority of my work on uh, Instagram. And my Instagram handle is sen, S-E-N dot or period Floyd, F-L-O-Y-D. There we go. It's been amazing to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Is it enough by now? Give it all up, set me free.